0: Good day, dear listeners. Steve Preda here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And today, my guest is Dave Beeler, the president of Beeler Construction, a third-generation commercial general contractor experienced in constructing healthcare, retail, hospitality, commercial, industrial manufacturing, and senior living spaces. The company does construction, but considers itself to be in the relationship business. Welcome to the show, Dave.
1: Thank you, Steve, for having me. It's a pleasure,
0: yeah, it's great. I don't often have family business entrepreneurs on the show, so I'm very curious about how that work is working out, obviously very well because you're in the third generation already, which is just a single digit percentage of companies that actually make it to the third generation. So you are already doing great. So tell me about what does it take to take over family business and to be in the footsteps of two successful prior leaders and the pressures can be immense.
1: Yes, it's been a journey. As you can imagine, from 1959 to 2022, a lot of things change. First generation to second generation, now to third generation. A lot of, I'll say, discipline, open-mindedness and Biggest thing I would say is having a clear vision understood by all. With the rapid growth we've had in the last few years, say a $30 million company can turn into a hundred plus million dollar company very quickly. And as you can imagine, a lot of things change. So really having all the owners aligned of where we're going has been very good. And realizing the big picture of things, like if as long as you can strengthen that relationship with the family members. That's number one. But yeah, really having that understanding as we broke through the ceiling, first generation gets it up off the ground, built a lot of really good relationships throughout the industry in our area. Second generation expands off of that. And as we're breaking through that ceiling, a lot changes. You go from that really small family tight knit company to that larger scale. The big thing is just to maintain what has started to really focus on our core values That got us here. And we've all heard the saying, what got you here won't get you there. We're really trying to focus on keeping those core value type items, what got us here, however, redirecting and reorg some of of these things to
0: get us to the next steps. Yeah. So how does one even get Selected as a family member? Because family starts, there are multiple children, and maybe multiple of them are in the business, I think, which was the case for you as well. How does it turn out who will be the next leader? And how does the family manage this transition so that everyone comes out so happy?
1: Sure. I think the big thing is what's really making this work well is we don't encourage our children or from other generations that the this is the path you will be taking this is what's going to happen i strongly suggest you be part of the business that individual needs to have the drive the want to have an opportunity at the business so most of the kids had the opportunity for summers or maybe just some shop help whatever the case may be but that individual really has to have that want and We really encourage having them work at other companies, not to just start here, their career and their career here, just to get more of an idea of whatever else is out there in, in the industry. But we're fairly small at this point. So it really hasn't been too hard deciding something to consider as we grow. Families obviously grow. And as you start to get into a bigger company, there's a lot more layers that come with that. So as we grow, as we fine-tune buy-sell agreements, as we come up with opportunities, it will get a little bit more complex. I'm very optimistic there won't be any problems as long as that those expectations are clear up front. But yeah, like I say, we really don't push kids our kids into it. It's more of the want. And there's been some that have worked here for a summer and just decided to take another path, which is fine. And it's worked out really well thus far.
0: Okay. Well, that, that's good. If it doesn't create family conflicts, that's great. So switching gears a little bit. So let's talk about the framework that you've been using to grow builder Construction. So what is it that you use and what's been your experience? Sure. 2019,
1: is when we started, we'll call a reorganization in the company. And there's many different coaching opportunities out there. There's many different ways of doing this. We chose to utilize the EOS system, the entrepreneurial operating system. And we had a lot of really good key clients. We just had a lot of eggs in a few baskets. And one of our key clients... We ended. They ended up filing for bankruptcy. So it was really an eye opener to us of how do we diversify more? How can we weather these storms for an economic downturn, mergers, acquisitions, whatnot? And we put our heads together and realized quickly that again, what got us here isn't going to get us there. So we decided to reach out to an implementer through EOS. And it was really interesting because first generation did a phenomenal job, second generation phenomenal job. It's as you bust through those ceilings, we just needed that next step. We went through and rede- redefined the core values, our flywheel, really the intent. We had a, the right people on the ship. It was just a lot of people rowing in different directions. EOS really helped us out with that, getting that kicked off. We used them for Oh, maybe four or five months. And then we got introduced to a group, Pinnacle. And what we EOS was good. What we liked about Pinnacle, it was a little bit more specific to our needs versus following a step one, two, three, four, five, et cetera. So we switched to Pinnacle. We're coming up on two years with our journey with Pinnacle. And it's really been great. Us as owners. We are aligned. Sometimes you get in those conversations where there's no right or wrong answer. We have a lot of good input and you need that called that third party to help make those decisions, which has been really great. We've developed a leadership team as well a couple of years ago, which has helped. So it's not just us three owners running the company. We've got a leadership team that's very heavily involved with a lot of business decisions we make.
0: Okay. So what's been the couple of most most beneficial or most impactful Pinnacle tools that you have implemented in the business. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah I would say there's a oven loaf tool there's also a elevate and delegate and elevate. there's a bunch of different tools that really serve the same purpose but that was, very beneficial to us as far as getting the right people in the right seats. And there's one of many tools, rock planners, for those of you who set quarterly rocks thing as quarterly goals. But there's been a lot of tools to help plan our one-year, three-year, and our 10-year. And we've had a plan in place, but utilizing several of these tools that Pinnacle offers, it really helps break that down Starting out with that big, hairy, audacious 10-year goal, breaking that down, what needs to be done in the next three years, what needs to be done in the next year, what needs to be done in the next four quarters, and we break that down all the way into weekly tasks. But again, there's a number of different pinnacle tools that have really helped. We've tried to develop a few on our own, and they work, but sometimes you've got to lean on the experts and stuff that's been proven and worked before. Yeah, it's been a great help.
0: Yeah, sometimes, you know, when you're inside, it's really hard to be objective about your company and it's really hard to be seen to be objective. So even if you are objective or you get close to it, how do you make sure that people actually will see it that way? And when you have a facilitator, then you can basically just be part of the team and let them do the heavy lifting of facilitating the conversations and calling people out and making sure that every views are heard. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. One
1: other tool too, Steve, and I'm sure many of the listeners have heard of it. There's a couple of different, there's 90 and there's a couple of other different software programs. And it's really trying to consolidate a lot of those different documents or how you record certain things, again, like the rocks, the to-dos, different functions of the company, different teams and whatnot. But that has been a, a tremendous help for us as well to consolidate everything as long as you're very disciplined on utilizing it the way it's supposed to be used. But for running meetings to really ensure you're keeping on track with certain things, I would highly suggest looking into some of those software programs as well.
0: Yeah, I like so Rubicon 90 developed this Rubicon software, which is fully customizable for Pinnacle. So I always like to tell my clients that the big difference with Pinnacle compared to other systems like EOS, first of all, it's up to date to the 2020s. So it's got everything the last 20 years. It's not from the early 2000s. Secondly, it's fully customizable to to every client. So we, critical guides, we really want to understand the business and what the client is facing, and work on those things that are going to be the biggest levers for them. And the third one is scalable. So my belief is that you need you try to find a guide who really is interested in your business and get invested in it, and then. The job of the guide is, this is how I look at it, is to grow with that business. I always want to be able to understand what's coming up for them and then help them figure out how they're going to get to the next level. And maybe it takes 18 months to get to the middle of the mountain, but the mountain is much higher. So how are they going to get to the next level and what's going to be their strategy and what concepts there are that they can implement? So that's Pinnacle. So let's talk a little bit about builder Construction. What are you looking at? What does the future look like for you, the close immediate future? I mean, what does your backlog look looks like? A lot of people are afraid of an uh, impending recession, perhaps. How do you get ready for that? And uh, what do you expect that will happen if, uh, if this downturn really arrives?
1: Yeah, we'll start out with the potential economic downturn. We've really focused a lot of energy on diversification, not only within the marketplace, but also clients within the marketplace. So our ultimate goal is to have no more than 33% of our revenue and no less than 15% in each market. And then within those each markets, our ideal state is to have five key clients, again, no more than 33%, no less than 15%. So again, mergers, acquisitions, one market might be hot while the other one drops. So we feel like we've done the right things. We have the right measures in place for everything that's in our control for the economic downturn, if it comes. So I feel strong about that. And one thing with construction right now, and this is one within a few other industries, but construction specifically and us, we've got a backlog that's into 2024. So we could see a little decline, but if we have 16 to 18 months of backlog, and this is a short economic downturn of eight months, 12 months, 16 months, we don't know, there's enough backlog there that by the time the work starts to pick back up, we're still catching up from all the work that we have planned. So we feel like we're in a really good spot right now for the stuff that we can control. As far as our initiatives for 2023, we're ending a really great year, record margins, record revenue. It's been really good. What we with a lot of our 2019, 2020 and 2021 initiatives and planted a lot of seeds with new clients, a lot of them sprouted very quickly. So It felt like a lot of us are drinking from a fire hose, which is great. However, we're really going to focus on our foundational growth for 2023. So I think many of you have heard of the J-curve. If you can picture a Nike swoosh, it comes down. And that down is really illustrating building that foundation and building out your teams to be able to handle whatever revenue is thrown your way. And then it comes back up to where your goal would be. What happened to us in 2020 was more of the addictive curve. So instead of it coming down and strengthening that foundational portion of the company, we had a lot of work that came in, and we and we took it on, and everything worked out great. We satisfied the clients. It was just it was hard and it was a lot for a lot of the employees. So we recognized that, and we're basically doing that reverse swoosh, and we're going to really concentrate our growth strategies on foundational growth. So our revenue, we will increase a little bit from this year. However, we're coming off of a 20% growth, 18% growth, last year's 30% growth. So we are going to reduce that a little bit and focus on our foundational growth for 2023. As we talked about earlier, you break through these ceilings. We broke through our first ceiling and we're really at the top, ready to break through our second ceiling and the company structure and dynamic just changes. You need a little bit more departments, a little bit more team structure, a lot more process driven. So again, yeah, main focus for 2023 is going to, we're going to continue on our diversification within markets, but the main focus is going to be the foundational growth.
0: Yeah, that's really important. Since you were explaining this, I recall that I had a client years ago as a contracting company, so the HVAC company, and they had this pattern of growth that for two two years, they would grow by 30% a year. And essentially, they exhausted their their, their current structure. So they spent the next year essentially flat, just basically rebuilding, restructuring the organization, catching up with processes, exactly as you say. So they would have a flat year, and then they had, again, two years of rapid growth and we called it the grasshopper, because it was like your big jumps and then then leveling out. So that's an interesting thing.
1: And another thing too, Steve, you... You start talking about these rapid growth, and it's great. Again, construction, it's seasonal. There's a lot of stuff out of your control where you have to take advantage of those great years. However, if you build your processes out right, you diversify enough, you do everything right, you should be able to eliminate some of those peaks and valleys. However, you look at the last couple of years with that to 30%. When you start compounding that, all of a sudden, that's back to that original conversation of vision understood by all. It's nothing to go from a thirty million to a hundred fifty to two hundred million company in a short span with that much growth. Our big thing is slow and steady growth with a diverse portfolio, where we still have that strong connection with the clients, and we're not enormous company out there. And it's important. It's very. It's it's amazing how fast that can get away from you. And you can't have a 30% growth and all of a sudden have a decline either. So it's been very interesting. It's been a lot of fun the last couple of months, really trying to get the strategic plan in place for 2023 and years beyond.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you define yourself as a relationship-driven company, so you don't want to disappoint your existing customers. You basically want to keep them and you want to add more customers on top. This is how I think about it as well. Job number one is to keep existing customers happy and growing and then job if you keep the back door closed then job number two is to get new customers okay in a business like you i've worked with a lot of professional service type businesses business service which is similar to yours in the sense that it is very people dependent so your growth is going to be limited by the number of people that you can absorb and inculcate in your culture and teach them your processes. So how do you keep that employee recruitment growth going? I hear a lot of companies say that it's really a hiring is a new sales. It's higher to, harder to hire good people than to find good customers. What's been your experience and how do you deal with
1: it? Yeah, you're exactly right. We've been very fortunate. So we have a really good group of people here and we have lent out to some recruitment services. In fact, we have one retained right now and they have been bringing some okay leads to us. Main thing is us as a company is our biggest recruitment tool. So I would say out of the last 15 hires, well, it is the last out of the 15 hires, 14 of them were all word of mouth. So that goes down from our apprentices, our journeymen, our superintendents, all of our office staff, So we've really worked hard to create that great culture here. Employees are your number one asset, as we all know. And they're really friends, family, different acquaintances. There's just a lot of good vibe that's going out there with the culture here, with our line of work. That's one big thing in our flywheel. You've got to have top clients and top talent. And you can't just have one or the other. So with the great clients that we're fortunate enough To have, there's a lot of great work environments. There's a lot of friendships, relationships, partnerships that are formed with our employees, with our clients. So, again, in this decade, a lot of it is culture. We all know that. But the word of mouth and the internal recruitment, again, has been really good. We really try to focus on finding that right person and just have that open conversation. We're not one to go steal people from other companies within the area. In conversation, it might just be planting seeds. If things aren't working out where you're at today, you've got my number. It could be a year. It could be five years. So it's been working out really good. And to be truthful, yes, we were short some manpower in the field. With us being a general contractor, it's nice we're able to subcontract some work out if we're a little tight on manpower. But all in all, Steve, it's been pretty good. We do have open positions, but we don't lower the bar just to fill those positions. We're okay with bridging that gap a little bit until we find that right person. Another thing, too, is we've created a career development program where once you stop learning, a lot of these individuals... Kind of lose drive, lose steam, lose focus. So we work very hard on whether that person is in the office starting out as, say, an assistant project manager or a project coordinator. We have a couple documents that really show a clear, specific job description for each one. And then we go through, could be a monthly basis, could be a quarterly basis, and really work on some of the items to get perfected and to move on to that next level if that employee is willing and wanting to. So I think that helps too a lot is just to keep these employees engaged and always learning. And that could go from apprentice to journeyman, again, all the way up. We have some employees that that really want to stick into a position. So people can't fall asleep at the wheel and basically just say, okay, they've checked the boxes, they're good, out of mind for a long period of time. And even those individuals that would like to get hired on at a specific level and stay there, there there's still a lot of areas to grow and keep learning in within that position. So we take that very seriously. And that's, again, echoing the conversation we previously had of breaking through that ceiling before a lot of our focus was finding the work, operations, doing the work, where now it's a whole team of people that has to have a mind shift change of We'll call it the general HR related type things of, again, ensuring that people are staying focused once you have a team approached, ensuring that everybody is working very well together. But yeah, if I had to sum it up into a couple of words, it's career development and ensuring that these employees never stop learning.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, very motivating when people are constantly able to learn new things that keeps them sharp, that keeps them excited. The other thing that you mentioned, which I think is important, is to look after your people. Because if you do that, then they're going to look after your customers and the whole machine is going to work. They are going to uh, also refer other people word of mouth. So it all starts with looking after your people and make sure that they have a great experience, they're learning, they're growing, and then the whole company can grow. These are really, really useful ideas. So if someone would like, Dave, to learn more about Bila Construction, maybe they have business which would require construction work in the manufacturing or hospitality or senior living, whatever, or they like to connect with you and learn more about what you do, then where can they go?
1: Sure. We have an Instagram page. We have a Facebook page. Our website, w.beelerconstruction.com. My personal email, I welcome anybody to reach out, d-b-e-l-e-r at beelerconstruction.com. And yeah, anybody needs any help with anything, even peer groups. Everybody's looking for the right peer groups in their industry. I welcome anybody to reach out.
0: Yeah, peer groups are super important. Definitely good to be in the 20 group or in a Vistage group or some smaller peer group. Talk to Steve. Talk to Dave. Dave Beeler, president of Beeler Construction. Thank you for coming on the show and have a great holiday. And everyone, I look forward to seeing you soon on the next show in a couple of days.
1: Sounds great, Steve. Thanks again. Have a wonderful day, everybody.